course, there's always a little like, oh, school. But it's like, oh, I get to see my people. We get to get together. Who's having babies? Who's getting married? What's going on? You know, it's a joy. It just, it is, it is a joy. It's a joy to come here and to be part of this. Welcome to Christ in All Things, a conversation about meaning and purpose. It's based on a verse from the Bible, Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, which says, Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Christ in all things is a listening ear into conversations about receiving and giving the love and hope of Christ. And these conversations are an invitation, because as much as you'll hear, and as much as we enjoy having them, digital media operates from a distance. And that's not what's best for us, with God or with one another. So, thanks for listening. And if you're in the neighborhood, we invite you to participate in person in the life that finds its epicenter at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Welcome back to Christ in All Things. I am Pastor Lance O'Donnell. Still Pastor Jason Chalkman. And we, again, have with us for part two of our conversation, Mrs. Sarah Bennis. Hello. Welcome back, Sarah. Good to um, be here. I want to begin part two of our conversation before we dig into the what's number three on your list. But I'd like to start <laughs> with your confirmation verse, which is great for you. Philippians chapter four, verse six. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Then verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Did you pick that verse or did somebody pick it for you? No, I picked it. You so picked it. Paul Borgman was um, our confirmation teacher and yeah. he allowed us to... Who was the senior pastor here take, for yes. about 30 years. He's near and dear to my heart. Yeah, he married us and baptized our kids. And yeah, so anyhow. So, so, you, got, so you got like 18 years to catch him. <laughs> that would be that would be amazing. Yeah. We'll, be, we'll, have to, we'll have to see. Could you yeah, imagine doing the, this with me for 18 years? <laughs> I can I can imagine I can imagine doing a lot here. It's for for me, Sarah, one of the one of the great one of the well, we'll probably talk about a whole pile of stuff in part two. Absolutely, because um, I'm in, I'm interested. You're a long term servant yes. here. Yes, I am, and that has its own joys and sorrows. It sure does. And and perhaps we'll get we'll get to talk about it. One, you know, one of one of the there are some great benefits to long term service in a particular place. There are also, as I'm discovering, there are also some challenges, and maybe we'll talk about that in part two. But that uh, my our particular interest here mm-hmm. is about you, and so in in part one, we talked about your name and what it means, and you're a princess, Sarah, princess. and and a friend, <laughs> Ruth, and a compassionate woman of high rank a, to all, and which is which is which is very fitting. It is. For you and and from the people from whom you come, and you talked about you know number one on your list of the top three to five things that formed you as a human being. Number one was your family, which was 
deeply intertwined, and that was the bulk of our conversation in part one, how deeply intertwined that is with Christ in the life of the church. Absolutely. So what's number three? of those top three to five things on your, uh, that have formed you as a human yeah, being. She squirms. You know, it's, it's, there's so much, right. That makes you who you are to think of the top, but, um, Jesus for sure. I mean, give me Jesus, just give me Jesus. Um, but almost as close as my family, if maybe just as close would be the people I serve with. Mm. Um, they are amazing amazing people and being here as long as I have been. Um, and again, I've we're talking how many years now? So many people come and go since 2000. I've been serving here. on the faculty, but yes. going, but your time at St. Paul's going back to when oh, you moved here, yeah. goes back to 1987, 1987. Yeah. So, I mean, when I first came on board as a teacher here, there were still teachers here who had been my teachers which is so awkward, right? You know, they're like, oh, just call me John or just call me. And they're like, I can't call you John. Your name is Mr. Dom. That's, you know. Um, but uh, it, it was a joy to see who they had become and, and just oh, the support that we have here at St. Paul's um, from our staff was amazing. It is so you, just gave, amazing. you gave two answers, Sarah. And I went, so let's do the fellow servants Kay. as number four. Let's do it. Um, but number three, which I sent it, which I sense is really the center of all this, is is Jesus. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Why is that the center? Uh, well, he's at the forefront of all that I do and all that motivates me. And I, I'm sinful, and at times, of course, I'm making decisions based on me. But you know. I love people. I love people. I just love being with people. I love observing people. I love just getting to know them. What makes them tick? I think that's half the reason I love being a teacher. I just I love getting to know these children and how they operate and what um, they enjoy. But just seeing them as Jesus sees them, you know. And um, sometimes they're so lost. My students, people I meet, and you just want to meet them where they are and and love them the way Jesus does, you know. And there's so much joy in that. There's a lot of frustration in that too, because you want people, sometimes people you love very much to know Jesus like you do. And that's not always the case, but we pray fervently, right? Mm. Right. Right. We do. And God loves us. And he, he knows, he knows, and he sees, and he loves his people. He loves his people. We're all his people, you know? So, um, God's word, the word, Jesus is the word being in the word every day. Every day, every day. I just, I can't function if I'm not. It's kind of like some people you hear like that are runners, you know, and I have to run every day. Otherwise, I just am clouded and I can't think and I can't, you know, if I'm off, I know why I'm off because I haven't rooted myself properly or been in prayer or, you know, those kinds of things, so which I, are essential. And are you talking essentially about your, your own kind of personal devotional Absolutely. life here? So how does that, how does that work for you? Absolutely. So, well, yeah. I kind of have a little routine. I mean, the summer is a beautiful time for me because I'm off, so I can spend an hour or more in the morning. It's the first thing I like to do. So I'll get up, get my coffee, go sit in my sunroom, and, you know, just meditate on the Word. I typically do, um, I was doing it for a long time for my personal study. I do a psalm. I do the proverb of the day because, of course, there are 31 chapters, Mm -hmm. so you just pick the day and read that proverb. And then I would just read through the New Testament again and again and again. And then this summer I decided to start the Old Testament all over again. It's been a while. So I'm back in Jenna. Well, I'm in Exodus now. Made it to Exodus. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> Good for you. So, you know, learn about how they made the tabernacle and all the different things yeah. about that. You know, but it's, you know, you, you teach it and you live it and you know it, but it's good to go back, right? It's good to reread all these mm-hmm. things and to ponder. And I remember a couple of years ago, I was studying Revelation again, and I had called out to actually Pastor Shockman about something. I'd seen him in the hall, and what does this mean exactly? And he came back to me with all this stuff. literature and stuff, and it was all good <laughs> stuff. And so, you know, I do spend quite a bit of time on my own, just in the word mm-hmm. and, and prayer, just praying for my people, praying for all of you. How, how, do, you, how do you do that? Well, I have a journal that okay. I write in. And I will often write scriptures over people's names or sometimes if I'm really focused on someone, I will write their name and like circle them, literally Mm -hmm. circle their name and and whatever it is that I'm feeling or that I know they need. I'm just praying that over them. And I will often review. I'll go back and look and be like, oh, look at, you know, and of course it's praise the Lord. This worked or, oh, look how that went. And so I assume there are several volumes of this. There (laughs) There are. I have like five books filled with this stuff and it's so funny because I'm always like what are we going to do with all this stuff and have <laughs> like, you have you have, have you stored and kept them somewhere oh yeah I do have them I have a little library at home that I keep keep them Carrie's in. Yeah. Carrie's yeah. blessed maternal grandmother um was like this and Carrie found that after her her grandmother died that reading that journal was a family treasure well, perhaps someday, <laughs> maybe someone well, might be interested. Was a, f- a family treasure, but but I do have to say that for myself, it it roots me, it focuses me, it brings me great joy. Um, you Th- know, this and is, sorrow at times. Yeah, th- it, it, this it is, is this is helpful. So, were you always, you know, that's a pretty disciplined life of meditation on the scriptures, devotional life. Were you always like that or how did, how did that no, evolve no. for you? I mean, like I said, as children, we always did the devotion at the dinner table. Um, in college, I, uh, I took the portals of prayer with me. That was always my thing. Cause I, mm-hmm. so I guess to back up a minute, um, when I left St. Paul's, the only Lutheran high school at the time near us was Milwaukee Lutheran. And there was a good group of kids that were going there from here but being the oldest of six and with just the my father worked the other direction he didn't work near Milwaukee my parents just decided to forgo it and that I was going to go to Oconomowoc which was fine it worked out fine I met Eric it was fine it was good um and you know I wouldn't be where I am today without that but having said that then then when I looked to college I ended up going to Winona State you know I didn't go the Concordia route I didn't you know it wasn't I guess even on my radar, and then became a teacher. And Eric and I, after we got married, we moved out to Virginia. And the first thing Eric did was find a church. So we had a church right away that we were at. But I taught in the public system out there, some amazing people. But our church, again, was a great place to be. And people were baffled. This is this is going to just blow your mind. But they were baffled because the first year we lived out there, um, we weren't married. So we had our own apartments. Mm-hmm. And people thought we were nuts why would you do that? That's so much money. And we're like, well, because we're not married. So we don't want to live together until we're married. You know, that's when you live together. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> they just couldn't wrap their minds around that, you know, that we were, that that was, you know, what we wanted to do. But anyway, um, I digress. Uh, what was the question? I don't know. Well, the question was, re- <laughs> the, the question was related to the, the evolution of your devotional life. Right. Okay. So then um, Portals of Prayer was my big thing in college. And then as we moved on out to Virginia, 
I started doing a, a gratitude journal. That was like a thing then. Like, oh, you know, be thankful, whatever, you know. Might have even, I'm sorry to say, have come from Oprah. The oh my goodness in the beginning. gratitude. Right, yeah. right, right. But of course, I was approaching it from a biblical point, you know, yeah. point of view. Like, you know, thank you for this thing. And from there, it just grew. And I was, you know, what, 25 at the time. And yeah, so I've been doing at least 10, 15 years. Been, been definitely really plugging into all this and, and spending, I could spend hours at times, but there's not always hours as you both know, um, to do that. But the more, and the more, the more you're with Jesus, the more you're like Jesus, right? You just are. And it makes a big difference. So I'm not saying I'm Jesus. What I'm saying is we, we, <laughs> we, we have God's word in us and it comes yes. readily to us. And the way we interact with others, it is just more vibrantly alive in us he is alive in us you know it's 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 a beautiful thing yeah so now that the school now as we record this yes it is the 24th of august in the year of our lord 2023 we just it, finished day two just of finished this school year and which are which were for us here in wisconsin yes steamy hot Oh, Ooh. heat advisory the last two days. In, you know, near, near 100 degrees, which, which is us, which is hot for us. Humid. And so, you know, it's you, you just finished a long second day and with third graders. And what we have not yet noted is that we do not have air conditioning in our <laughs> classrooms. There are air conditioned parts of the building, like the chapel, right? Or the church, rather. The, the library. library. The computer lab. So we've pastor's used those. Offices. Pastor's offices. Right. Where you guys have been hiding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some truth to that. Not yeah. at all. Not at all. Well, it was wonderful yesterday. You did the two chapels. That was perfect. Yeah. Started the day and the... ended. So yeah. so how yeah. does, uh, you know, on this note, because I, I think, you know, it's one thing for Pastor Shackman and I to talk about it as, as pastors, but you're talking about a, a disciplined life of prayer and how that has been a blessing to you and and you can tell also to your to your family to your students and to the by virtue of that to their families now but now we're in the school year yes and it you don't I don't remember you being a super eager morning person or are you well I'm a 545 I get up okay and I do my I do my bible and I do my prayers however this year, as we are two days in, I've been getting up at six and just doing the LWML devotion of the day, the mustard seed. Yeah, um, which is great. Um, I'm getting getting older, <laughs> and I'm tired. And that alarm goes off, and I'm like, "Oh, gee." So I'm reshuffling. Um, yesterday, I have to admit, I was very tired, didn't do much at all. But yeah. I, I, you know, I'm in a reshuffling, thinking, "Okay, where does this fit better in my day, and and how am I going to do this?" And you yeah. know, for for those of you who are li- for our, for our listeners, you know, we we really we want to encourage you to have for the center of your life to be in the divine service and receiving God's gifts and word and sacrament. But an absolute key outflow of that is a is a disciplined life of of prayer. It's of great benefit. What, one of the things, though, that that Sarah's describing here is, you know, stuff comes up in life, and we have to adjust to that. Sometimes that's mm-hmm. not a clean, linear thing. In, right. right. What you're figuring out, 
how are you going to do this? Okay, I'm getting a little bit older. I tend to be five, you know, but. Yeah, uh, and, and I think, you yeah. know, at day two, you know, we'll see. Because it is a great way to start the day. But then sometimes I'll get behind. You mean. you mean, <laughs> I'll walk in late, you know. <laughs> you, you mean even for those of us who serve in the church and serve in a church school, you mean life is messy? <laughs> it really? It is. Oh, yeah. Mess, Folks, it's messier messy for all at times, right? On, on that note, that's a good, that's a good segue mm-hmm. into, because you, you put the two together, you know, these. Um, but so number, number one was family. Mm-hmm. Number two was church. church. Number three is Jesus. Jesus. Which, number which f- yeah, well, hang on. Which is really, which is really about how you are receiving Christ in your personal devotions, in your time in the word. It's, it's not just Jesus, but in particular, how you are receiving his word mm-hmm. and rooted and therefore rooted in it. Yeah. Right. And then number four is the, I'm going to call it the family in Christ you serve with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the Beautiful staff people. here at St. Paul. So talk about that. Yeah. So I, um, we, all, we, we meet every morning for a devotion, which is, again, a wonderful way to start in the Word. And um, we often share very intimate parts of our lives with one another, our sorrows, our joys, you know, our difficulties, our temptations. And when you're honest with one another in that way, it just builds these, these bridges between, between us that, you know, cannot be broken, these bonds, I, I guess. Um, in the summer, we often all comment on how it's we miss one another. We we are sorrowful that we're not together because you know you you're so connected with these people that, and they they know all about you, and then all of a sudden you're not with them any longer. Um, it's different. It's an interesting feeling. It's always good to be together, and that's another thing. I mean, you know, my husband works in the corporate world and whatever, so it's a job. Um, but I, you know, the school gets coming around. And, of course, there's always a little, like, oh, school. But it's like, oh, I get to see my people. We get to get together. Who's having babies? Who's getting married? What's going on? You know, it's just a joy. It just, it is, it is a joy. It's a joy to come here and to be part of this every single day, you know. And you know that everyone is like-minded. They're all about Jesus, all about God's word, about sharing it with these people, these children, these families. Um, and it's just a joy. It just is to know that that's our common thread, right? That's what keeps us together. I mean, not that we don't have differences at times, because, of course, we do. We're only human. You know, we have, I thought we should do it this way. Well, I think we should do, you know. And, you know, that's part of growing together, right? Figuring things out and compromising at times. But um, it's just something that doesn't separate or can't, I don't know. It's hard to put into words, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, it really is. I I can't can't describe it. It's ah. I just, think you actually did describe it. Did I? Yeah, you said we are like minded. No, oh. we may have a difference of opinion. We may have a difference of uh, how do we go best about this, that, or the other. But uh, what mm-hmm. drives us and what right what holds us together and what gives us a reason to do what we do, right. whether it's uh, lunch ladies or uh, our extended school program or our early childhood center or the pastoral staff or the church staff, we share this because of who we are in Christ, because of what we've received from Christ, because Christ is in all things. Mm-hmm. 
Shameless plug. Yes. Not shameless. Not at all. Never Uh, be ashamed. Not at all. Uh, Romans 1.16. Because of that, we can, even if we disagree on something, look each other in the eye and be okay Mm -hmm. moving forward knowing we have the forgiveness of Christ to share with one another, and that is going to hold us together regardless. So let's go. You hit the nail on the head with the word forgiveness because that is something, a skill even, if you will, that is lacking. Mm. People don't know how to do it. They don't know how to let it go, and I think well, talk talk that about that. What what it what 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 it talk about what forgiveness it mean forgiveness means, and and practicing it. Correct. I mean, being able to forgive someone for something, right? Especially when it has personally hit you, right? There's pride there that's so difficult. How do I forgive you for that? You have hurt me. You know, and from the itty bitties here, you know, we talk about, you know, you say to them, I'm sorry. You don't say, well, it's okay. It's not okay. I forgive you. Mm -hmm. And even as adults, you know, it's challenging. I mean, you're both in marriages. You know how that works. And sometimes we just want (laughs) to, I'm going to sit on this for a while and just see where you do, you know, kind of a thing. And and it's like, oh, come on. I'm content to sit here and feel just fine in my grump. So you can get. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. and, and and yet as soon as you give or receive forgiveness, it's like, ah, okay, let's move forward. You know, and yeah. that is, I mean, it's the best gift you can give anyone. To Sarah, forgive, what, how to is, forgive. how, I mean, you talked about, I'm sorry, but, but mm-hmm. we use, we use this, I think a little differently than the world does. Talk, talk a little bit about the difference between forget, forgiveness and being sorry. Sure, sure. So well, I suppose when you say you're sorry, it might not necessarily be from your heart. It's something you're just saying or trying to gloss over. Oh, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Or, oh, I'm sorry that that happened, you know. But when, you, when you're truly saying you're sorry that you've hurt someone, that, that's a heart thing, right? It's from the heart. And you're feeling repentant oh. that this has happened. And you're truly saying, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Like my heart is hurting. I'm so sorry. This yeah, has happened that I did this to you. Please, please forgive me. Mm-hmm. Please forgive me. It was wrong. And to admit we are wrong, right, is at the heart of the human, right, iconic, uh, you know, self, me. I am good. I am great. Yeah. I do not need to be forgiven or to forgive And so you. if we're going to forgive, mm-hmm. that means there's sin involved. Absolutely. Now, I can apologize for something and say, well, I'm sorry. And totally feel justified in mm-hmm. what I'm apologizing for because I'm sorry, that bothered you, that hurt right. you, I'm sorry. All the while not feeling like, not not believing even, in fact, Correct. that I did anything wrong. I feel justified in it, but I know it bothered you, so I'll apologize to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. Right. But forgive, please forgive me. I'm sorry, please forgive me, is a confession of sin. It is. And and the response of, I forgive you because Jesus forgives you, sets that person free. It does. Well, yeah. And so it's a huge difference. Rather than have the pastors talk about this, because, you know, you took, you took us there. Mm-hmm. How is, I mean, because we, we use the word forgiveness in 
secular culture in the world, but how is how is Christian forgiveness different than that? What's it rooted in than maybe the world? Do you do you have a do you have a or is that is well, that too obscure a question? Forgiveness. I saw the look on uh, your face. I mean, see, because yeah. because you're you are exuding something that I think you're assuming, or that you just know so profoundly Perhaps, that that I'm... is not as becoming clear. And it has at its root, my sense is what this church, what this podcast is all about. It's Christ in all things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know just to touch base a little bit on modeling, right? Forgiveness is a matter of the heart. You cannot make someone repent yeah, no. or forgive. You cannot. Right. We can model, 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 and we can say this is what Jesus did for us. Yeah. And, you know, They're to receive that into your heart, you know, when you really truly understand in your heart and in your, in your mind what Jesus Christ has done for you, then you are so able to forgive other people. But when you truly don't grasp what what that means, what, what Jesus has done for us, you don't get it. You know, it's a, it is different. Mm-hmm. It's not based it's not based in Christ. It's just a saying of I forgive you for that. It's not taking it where we take it mm-hmm. or where it comes from. An understanding of so you know, forget forgiveness culturally, I think you could say is, you know, you wipe, you know, maybe you wipe a ledger clean and it's not a fresh start, you know, but in, in Christian terms, it's deeper than that because as pastor Shackman, you alluded to, we understand that it's not just a mistake and you, you use that, that, and you, because you use the word sin, it's not just it's not just a mistake, not just an error in judgment. When we're too quick to discipline a child in class, sure, that we don't get all the information, and we end up end up being unjust, mm-hmm. in which happens in our families and in in our classrooms. We we understand that we've actually violated God's will and that it's not just an error in judgment and that there's a potential long-term consequence for that and that as you, you know, and that Christ paid for mm-hmm. and he doesn't just, well, he not only wipes the ledger clean <laughs> which is merciful. But he says, go and be free and love. (laughs) It's not, it's not just that he wipes the ledger clean. Mm -hmm. It's that he gives you a brand new ledger and says, try Mm -hmm. again. Here you go. Mm -hmm. Have at it. Right. And the thing, Sarah, that, Mm -hmm. right. He does this for us richly Mm -hmm. and daily. Right. The thing, Sarah, that you pointed out, whether you know you pointed it out or not, um, I I just want to put terms to it. You said you can't make someone repent and you can't make someone forgive. And there's a curious reason why that's true. 
And the curious reason why that's true is both repentance and forgiveness are gifts that you receive. Mm-hmm. God works repentance in our yes, hearts. Yeah, God work. He gives us the gift of mm-hmm. repentance. He gives us the gift of forgiveness. These are things that we first receive, and only when we've received them, like you said, can only when you know mm-hmm. this gift that Christ gave you, can you share it with someone else. Absolutely. So, so you're right. You can't make people do this. Yeah. We can't make our staff have the relationships that they have. You can't make a family relate to itself the way that it does. You can't make another person have the devotional life that you've learned the discipline of. You can't make a family stay tight together as they move gallivanting all about the nation. For my family, it was all about the state of Ohio because my dad worked for Ma Bell. (laughs) Right? And we did. Um, And maybe you learned the same lesson I did as a kid that, um, where for us, home wasn't a place. It was wherever our family was together because that was the gift that we'd been given was each other. Um, and as, as we come up on a, on the end of part two here, uh, I, I just want to stop for a minute and appreciate that all of the things you talked about that formed who you are all fall out of that gift language that is given to us by the gospel. Mm-hmm. The family you are given, the church family you are given, the, the devotional life you are given in his word, the staff that is given to have this relationship with one another, the, the forgiveness and the repentance that we are gifted with by the gospel. Right? Really, Sarah, in every aspect of what makes you who you are, Christ in all things is the only thing that makes that possible. Amen. And that, friends, is part two. For show notes and other information about Christ in all things, visit ChristinAllThings.org. Comments may be emailed to comments at ChristinAllThings.org. We're thankful to provide Christ in all things to you as a gift, but it's not free to produce and distribute. So if you'd like to help us make Christ in all things a self-supporting show and have a little fun in the process, please click the support page at ChristinAllThings.org. A donation of any kind gets you a dozen environmentally friendly Christ in all things straws to share with your friends. Pastor Shockman loves these. That is so not true. You love those way too much, and I still can't believe you bought them. A donation of $200 or more gets you some cheerful on-air clapping. And a pair of Wisconsin-made wigwam hiking socks. A donation of $1,000 or more gets you thunderous on-air clapping. And a handmade Christ in All Things leather folio by the Murdy Creative Company. If you want to donate more than that, well, fly us wherever you want, and we will record Christ in All Things at your chosen location. Within reason, of course. All post-production surplus supports Youth Ministry at St. Paul's. Thank you for your support. Christ in All Things is a production of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. For more information about St. Paul's, visit splco.org, email us at info at splco.org, or the old-fashioned way, give us a call, 
262-567-5001. Intro and outro music, setting by Joseph Hurl. Copyright 1998, Concordia Publishing House, used with permission.